quarter, and I don't want to celebrate that at this moment, to be quite honest. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Said by the woman who gave birth to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I do appreciate your sentiment, and, uh, but, but le- you know, uh, please, I, I, I don't want to break the spirit. This, this something spiritual is happening, and it's about to happen. And when we prayed that prayer, my brothers and sisters, if you meant it, if you, put your, if you stand on it, it will come to pass. Not because of you, but because of him. Amen? Okay, so now, uh, we've been in in so many scriptures, and I see that the Wednesday studies and the Sunday studies are kind of overlapping a little bit. So, uh, true to form, and those of you who've been with with us on Wednesdays, and certainly you folks that were with us here last Wednesday, some of the stuff you'll hear. I want to preface this as I often do. I want to say to you who've been here certainly with us for quite a while and then certainly for any of you who have been in the word at all for any length of time um, there's probably not going to be any scriptures that are preached out of or taught out of today if the Lord continues to go forward in what he's brought me to this morning that you haven't heard before and 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 I want to tell you in 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 recent past as well but my my prayer is that you will you will get it that you will see it that God will open spiritual eyes that you will understand it a little bit more deeply and not just understand it intellectually, but that spiritually you would be able to perceive and then my brothers and sisters, God would bring you strength to know that you know and then to live it out and experience what God really does have for his church. Amen? That's what this is all about and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Not Listen, not just making you talk to talk, but truly having its effect on you and changing you, taking from one glory to the next. Amen? Okay, so we're going to begin in that spirit, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, where we've been studying. Uh, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or with wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Look at this with me, verse 3. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not persuasive, Uh, with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in in the power of God. Let me pause here for a minute. My brothers and sisters, I've said this to you before, and I want to say it to you again. Do not be um, swayed or do not think in any way just because a person happens to have a gift of teaching. And remember, I think it was last week, or I don't know if it's Wednesday, last week, or whatever, I said something about Zig Ziglar, and you know, I, I've gone to these uh, a couple of times where he's just a powerful speaker, a motivational speaker. It's not spiritual, though. But I walked out of that place wanting to do business. Remember, I, I shared that with you. And my brothers and sisters, that's what we cannot be um, uh, drawn to as it relates to the things of God. Because there are many very, very talented and very gifted speakers. And they're very, uh, I mean, just able to capture an audience. But if it's not spiritual, if it's not the word of God in spirit and in truth, it's not going to do you any eternal good. And you're not going to be walking in God's power. You'll be walking in human emotion. Are you there? So that's why it's very important. So that's what Paul is saying here. He's not saying that he was some kind of weakling. He was a little little wet noodle, a little... No, what he's saying is, I didn't do anything special as a gifted speaker. I was with you in weakness fear i was i was nervous and trembling i was you know respectful and and and, and he's saying all of these things but 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 why i didn't want to persuade you use human words and wisdom to persuade you or to get you to believe or trust or follow jesus but ah uh, instead 
what, was, what really happened was you got to see a demonstration of spirit and power of God. Amen? That's the difference. Verse 6, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. This is what I want you to grab hold of today. Those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in mystery. We've covered all of this, and we know what the mystery is, but I want you to really focus in on uh, those who are mature. And I helped you a little bit. (laughs) Amen? So now continuing, we're jumping down to verse 9 now. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through what? His spirit. See, he hasn't done it through someone who is a gifted speaker. He hasn't done it through someone's talent. It has to be coupled with the word, the truth, and the spirit. Amen? In, it, in, in order for uh, it to be real to us, and f- in order for it to have its effect, in order for it to be activated in our lives, my brothers and sisters, has to be based on truth and by his spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay, so... For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what the man knows, the things of the man, except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. And remember, I know this is repetitive, but my brothers and sisters, we have to understand and we can understand those things that God has given us, those things that we can walk in in this life. In this life, the abundant life that Jesus has provided for us, unless it's revealed to us by the Spirit, it has to be spiritually discerned and spiritually attained. Are, are you there? Okay. I, I know I'm, I'm repeating a lot, but I, I really want you to get this. I really want you to get this. And remember, mature, those who are mature. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Right? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, this past Wednesday, we talked about discerning and, and such. You know, it ta- it's, it's speaking. That word also is, is synonymous when the word judged is used. That's also sometimes the same Greek word. And so now, one of the first things that you'll hear people talk about when you bring up anything, when you're, you know, uh, judge not! You're, don't judge me, especially people who are non-believers. I mean, they'll be the first ones to say anything when anything's brought up about a, fa- a shortcoming. Don't judge. Or don't, are you judging me? Or we get all, ex- even in the church, don't judge. Listen, <clears throat> I'm not condemning anybody. I don't judge anybody. That's between you and God. However, the Bible does say you will know them by their fruit. So I'm not judging you. I'm judging the fruit. And by your fruit, I know whether you're the real deal or not or whether I should trust my... Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. Let me just use this as an example. And this was not planned. I'm, Holy Spirit, help me. Maybe somebody watching needs to hear this. Okay, watch. You go to a church the first time you're going. And you go and you, you're going to drop your, ch- your child off at the nursery. And so when you drop your child off at the nursery, there's someone who you know from the neighborhood and you know that they're not godly. You know that they're messing around in the neighborhood. You know it. Let me ask you something. Are you going to drop your child off anyway? Yes. No. Thank God 
Thank God he watched over me and not her. <laughs> now, let me ask somebody. Cheyenne. Amen. Thank you. Do, do you understand? Do you understand? So, so watch. Are you judging that person? Are you condemning? No, you're using discernment. Yes. And you're doing it, listen, based on their activity. Yes. Okay? Are you with me? Okay, so, so listen, that doesn't give anybody in here or out there or anywhere the right to look at someone and condemn them and say, well, they're, they're doing wrong and, you know, that's sin and all that. That's between them and God. However, I'm not, not going to participate with you. I'm not going to join or let my grandchildren or my children, you know, go and join with you. I, I can't do that. I have to use discernment. Are you there? But my brothers and sisters, if it's spiritual discernment, that's what we need because, listen, non-spiritual discernment or judgment, you know, being a judge, being judgmental, thank you, being judgmental means that I'm just going to look at that person, these persons, and I'm going to walk off and just say, oh, that, that, when in fact maybe Holy Spirit is asking me to discern something, and in that moment, instead of, oh, 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 it's, hey, how are you? Maybe they're calling me. I'm being called by Holy Spirit if I'm discerning and if I'm being led by the Spirit now to maybe, listen, just show them a little compassion. Maybe just, you know, how are you? How's everything? Whether they receive it or not. But that's the Spirit that Jesus, that's the Spirit of Jesus that's inside of me now. Are, are you there? See, so I got all of those things, whether it's, listen, I need to stay away or I'm definitely not dropping MJ off over there. What maybe what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to drop MJ off over there, but I'm certainly not going to go now and say, hey, did you, I went out to that church and you know who they had in that nursery, man, don't go there. And I'm not going to do that if I'm born again. Right? Okay. So, yeah, discernment, I'm going to be cautious with it. I'm going to know, but at the same time, I'm also going to know how to minister. Does that make sense? Okay. Hallelujah. So we're going to jump ahead now to chapter 3, beginning verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. So now watch. Remember what I told you? I, I told you to remember or keep in mind those who are mature. So now this is conversely, those who are babes. So there's the, the opposite. You have the mature and now those who are babes. Uh, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. I want to uh, remind you of a, uh, of a scripture in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. For everyone who partakes of only milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Do you see the similitude there? Do you see where we are? What is a babe in Christ and who is carnal? Those who are unskilled with the word of God. Those who, listen, do not know the word of God, understand the word of God, or are practicing the word of God. Right? So what the Bible is saying to us is those folks are immature. They're babes. They're carnal. Now, I want to pause here for a moment because I, had, I got into a discussion with a, a brother, a, a fellow minister this week, and we went back and forth, not, um, you know, we weren't opposed to each other, but just kind of giving this, this thought. Because my question then becomes, is there such a thing as a carnal Christian? And so if you look at this, on the one hand, yes, there is, because the Bible says so, that there's a carnal Christian. However, what we do know that if you are continually live, the Bible is call, calling us to grow. 
consistently to grow. So now then I would pose the question, if I remain a carnal Christian, if I remain a babe, and I'm constantly, let me at, see now I've already used Cheyenne and MJ as a, 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 so now let me just go ahead and use Cheyenne and MJ again. So now if Cheyenne and MJ and then, you know, and, and um, LJ, they just, after a little while, all they kept doing was feeding MJ just milk. That's it. Would he grow up to be his full potential? Would he grow up? Would he be healthy? Would he be strong? No. He's not meant to have milk for the rest of his life. And so what happens? If that young person then is weak, what happens when he's weakened? You know, he's subject to viruses, to bacteria, to anything and everything. Likewise, if you stay a babe in Christ you now become subject to the wiles of the devil. Remember, we have an enemy. Remember, we are in a battle. So if you're satisfied with being a carnal Christian, a babe in Christ, sooner or later, you're going to get swallowed. Sooner or later, the enemy of, listen, the enemy of your soul is going to eat you up. Period. And not like I eat up McKinley and Brittany. <laughs> I played a little game with my granddaughters that just a little bit silly. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But listen, do you understand that? We're, we're, we're called to grow and, and, and to become mature. And my brothers and sisters, I'm going to, I want to say, but solid food in verse 14, solid food belongs to those who are full age. And again, back in 1 Corinthians 2, 6, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Those who are mature. Look at verse 3 with me. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? So, so look at This is what Paul's saying. I know you're still babes in Christ. How do I know that? You're still carnal. You're still carnal Christians. I know you're still babes in Christ. How do I know? How do you know that, Paul? Well, he says it. There is envy, there's strife, divisions among you. You're, you're, you're behaving like mere men. You're, you're behaving like ordinary people that live on this earth. Mere men and women. Don't look so excited and get... Are you, are you there? Look at also in Galatians. I left this for you. Now, the works of the flesh, the works of mere men and women... This is what mere men and mere women are subject to. What, Tony? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all these things, all like things as these. So, so my brothers and sisters, look at all of these things, all of these fruits of the flesh, all of these Listen, all of these things that get acted out because of our natural bodies and our natural tendencies, because of the nature that was given to us by Adam and Eve, all of those things are in us. But God, but God, right? Who is rich in mercy, who loved us unconditionally. When we, listen, when we heard the word and we saw Jesus in the Bible preached, and we saw that there, was, there, that there was a different way. That's not the way. That's not what God wants. That's not what God intended. I need to go to Jesus. I need to get forgiveness. But God, there's something different. 
He was, and he made us alive in the spirit. He's quickened us. He's made us alive. He's made us aware of these things. These things are that are in my flesh are always going to be in my flesh. That's why, as I prayed earlier, and as is in the word, each day we are supposed to put our flesh to death. Amen? Amen? Amen. Each day, none of us are immune as long as we're still living in this body. So, my brothers and my sisters, I, I need to be led by the Spirit. All of the things that I have from God, all of the benefits that I have from God, I have them in the Spirit. They have to be discerned. They have to be, listen, they have to be experienced. They have to be ascertained. I, have to, I only have knowledge of them by the Spirit, and I am only able to receive them by the Spirit, the natural man cannot receive them. I can't just keep saying something with my mouth. Well, God said this, or God's going to heal me, or God's going to heal me. If it's not down in my heart by the Holy Spirit, and I know that I know that I know that I am healed. There's a difference. I, I, it's not the power. It's not Norman Vincent Peale stuff where I have the ability. I'm just going to confess, and I'm going to keep on confessing. Well, what it does say about having a positive confession, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But the confession, it also says that you have to believe in your heart. You can't confess something and then not believe it in your heart and expect for it to work out. That's not how it is. Amen? Then that's the, again, that's the human mind, the carnal man, trying to confess something spiritual. He has no access to it. Boy, it's pretty quiet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to come back to that Hebrews 5 verse in a little while, but I, I, I tell you what. Remember, again, I got to remind you, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, we speak wisdom among, listen, among those who are mature. See, I'm, I'm always, I always, feel concerned because I've been criticized before and shame on me for listening to some men, but I've even been, um, I've even been talked bad about to my own, some of my grandchildren about how I say some of the same things. And so I got to be honest with you, the flesh, the human Tony is cognizant of that and, and gets concerned about it. But I gotta, I gotta, t I gotta tell you, and I think the Lord has really laid something on us. And and and, please help me, Lord. I ha I will have a hard time preaching some depth, and because there's so many, there's so much immaturity in the church. I'm not talking about just this building. I'm talking about there. I'm talking about in many churches. There can't be anything seriously taught. There can't be anything seriously um, preached on because you know. There's, there's, not a, there's not many mature in the church that would... And, and what is proof of that? What, what, why, why would you say that, Tony? Look at all of the churches that can't preach certain subjects because they're afraid that they're going to turn people away. It's just as real and relevant in the Bible. It's truth, right? So if that's... See, now, Tony, you have to go back there every time. No, I'm just telling you, this is the platform by which the Holy Spirit is ministering and teaching. Because watch, again... In order for us to experience the fullness that God has for us, we have to get over the hump. We have to mature. Yes. Right? We can't keep stumbling over the same things. What did Paul say? Paul said, I could tell by the divisions among you. I could tell by how you're acting. You're still carnal Christians. You're still babies. Yes. And I can't go any deeper with you right now. Why? Because, listen, you're, you're only able to have the milk. I, I, you know, come on. Are you with me? Okay, so now watch. 
How in the world can we come together as a congregation, as a body, and experience the, the Shekinah glory of God, you know, and then understand it, and then not walk out of here, and, you know, and just be silly or goofy about it? How in the world can we expect God, the Holy Spirit, God, to show up in here, start laying us out like he did back then, and for us to be babes in Christ, we're going to scare half the people off, the other people, well, they're wacko, you know, whatever the case may be, and not be able to recognize God is here, God is able. Listen, and if God is, again, demonstration of power, the power of God, he had the, there was the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God when he preached. How in the world can we expect that if we're not preaching the whole counsel of God, number one? Number two, we're not expecting God to show up in spirit and in power? Right? We're just here, we're going to check the box. I, you know, hey, I'm growing a little bit, Pastor. No, no. It, look, look, I want the fullness of God. I want the same God that showed up in that early, that first century church. That same God is the same as, he, he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. All of that, he never changes. And he didn't favor them over us. Amen. And so that same thing that they had, that same power, that same love, that same togetherness, that same everything that they had, we have. But we're not experiencing it, and that's what's driving me. I want our children to see something in us that they don't see out there. Amen. You know what? I heard something this morning about some of these celebrities. I won't name names because it's going to tick you off. But about some of these celebrities that claim about praying to Jesus and they're living for Jesus, and they're not. Well, you're judging, Tony. No, fruit. I'm not looking at them. I'm looking at the fruit. You can't say that you're living for Jesus when you show up naked. Come on. You can't say that you're living for Jesus when you do a show, and when you're doing this show, you're naked practically. You can't say that. You can't say that you're living for Jesus and your celebrity revolves around your promiscuous. Amen. Promiscuity is the proper word. Are you with me? You can't, you're judging, Tony. No, I'm not. Let me ask you something. Do those things please Jesus? So how could you say you're living for him? If I'm living for him, if I love him, then I want to please him. How, how can I say I want to, I love my wife, I love my wife greatly, but every chance I get to needle or every chance I get to make her mad, I'm looking to do it. That don't go good, does it, Terry? <laughs> Come on. Amen. Am I right? No. If I love her, then I want her to be happy. I want her to be pleased. I don't want her to be disappointed. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? right. Okay, so then how in the world can I say, and it doesn't take a spiritual giant to figure this out. I'm not judging them. But see, yet my brothers and my sisters, we live in this world right now. I want our children not to hear those things and then follow that and see that as an example. How can I say to my children or my grandchildren oh, everything, this truth of the gospel, and how are they going to receive it spiritually when they have all of these other examples of people standing in there claiming Christ and living a life that looks just like everybody else? Yeah, but they, they say it from a pulpit and they preach and they... No! How in the world can we expect the Holy Spirit of God to be showing his power, 
his evidence and his power in a service and, and thousands of people with a great preacher but is a modelist. Doesn't believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three in one simultaneously, but they only divide themselves when it's needed. Come on, how in the world can we expect Holy Spirit to fall in His power and do the things that He's called us to do and do those things that He promised us? How can we, how can we expect that? So guess what? So in the congregations like this and all over the place, we can talk about this and that and the other thing, and our children just don't see anything other than words. It's got to be more than words. It's got to be more than just words. Amen? So, so my brothers and sisters, what is different about me? What is different about you? It's got to be the Spirit in you. Listen, allowing you to hear what God is truly saying and then empowering you to do what God has called you to do. Come on. Allowing you. I cannot put the flesh to death daily without the Spirit. I can modify my behavior. You've heard me say this before. I can modify my behavior, but that's just me, you know, maybe shutting off certain aspects of this flesh. Or me behaving. Are, are you with me? No, I, I need to put this flesh to death daily. Why? Because all of those... Here's what... Does anybody, does anybody in here believe that there's nothing impossible with God? No, no, no. Wait, wait. I, 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 and I appreciate what you're saying. A lot of hands went up and I see your heads nodding. But I want you to think, really think about this. Nothing. The only thing that's impossible for God is evil. He can't do evil. And he can't lie. That's what's impossible with God. But nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Do you really truly believe that? So listen, that means whatever situation that you find yourself in, you know, wh wherever you are, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever it is, if you want this, listen, whatever God has promised you, it is attainable. It is attainable. What has he promised you? Okay, so now I'm not standing here telling you that God has promised that you were going to be rich and you know, this is attainable. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the fullness that he has for you to be his servant, to be his kid, to be fully, listen, fully equipped for the work of his ministry. Fully equipped. Right? Having Holy Spirit in you so hard and heavy that, listen, my brothers and sisters, when you're in the room, something changes. Why? Because God's in the room. <laughs> and then when two or more of you gathered in the room serious about God, man, it, the power increases exponentially. Not because I say so, but because he says so. There's, and we have evidence and we have proof of that. Jeremiah 3, Ah, Lord God, <laughs> it is you who has made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thine outstretched hand. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. O great and mighty God, great in counsel and mighty indeed. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for thee. I believe that. You see that little, little, little silly song? You know what? When you're in the middle of it the next time, don't laugh at me, Eleni. <laughs> when you're in the middle of it the next time, look at Jeremiah. 
Look at the scripture. Oh, Lord God, you've made the heavens, you've made the earth with your outstretched arm. You've done that. And there's nothing too difficult for you. And I'm your kid. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Would you please be with me in this situation? And was he going to say, well, let's check the list. Let's see. No, God does not do that. If you go to him with your heart and you say to him, and you're willing, my brothers and sisters, to humble yourself. Lord, I know that I've looked out for my own interests and not yours. There's the problem. That was just the problem. That's Holy Spirit received that. Too many times we're looking out for our own interests. What do we want? How do we feel? What do we think? God, I've looked out for my own interests. I've looked to satisfy myself. So Lord, help me. Forgive me. But now, Lord, I know nothing's impossible with you. You can change this. You can fix this. Amen? Hallelujah. God is so good. Remember, I, I, I remember when, um, I, when Mary was visited by the angel and told that she was going to give birth to the Savior? And she, and she says, okay. And she knew how serious this was. She knew she was being outcast. And she, you know, legally, she could have been stoned to death. But so, so now what happens? Okay, how's this going to happen? This can't happen because I've never known a man. Nothing, the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. Do you really, I, 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 want, I want somebody to get on fire this morning with nothing. I don't care where you are, what you're doing. I don't care how bad you feel. I don't care if you're depressed. I don't care if you're great. I don't care what, no, nothing is impossible with God. The God who loves you, the God who died for you, the God who rose and gave you his spirit. There is nothing impossible with him. So no matter where you are right now, no matter what you're doing, go to him. Go to him. There's not anything that you did that he can't forgive. There's not anything that you did that's going to catch him by surprise. He already knows you did it. He already knows you did it. So just go to him and say, Lord, I'm, and if you were, man, I, I mean, I keep messing up. Go to him. Go to him. Admit that you messed up. That's the thing. Admit that you messed up and don't be satisfied being there. So, Lord, I want to mature. I want to grow past this stage where I keep making these same mistakes. Lord, I want to have that, what, I, what, I, what Pastor Tony's so excited and ranting about. I want to have that. Amen? Back to Corinthians. Uh, chapter 3 again, s- s- verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from the glo- from into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord. So watch. I want to tell you I want to give you something. This this wasn't part of the original message but early this morning I re- I received a text from a a, a a dear brother head pastor of a who I respect greatly sent me a text. And he texted me Hey, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the, listen, he, was, he basically included this in his prayer for us, over us, not me, us, over this congregation this morning. He included this. He didn't know what I was preaching or teaching on. He didn't know. But now look at what it's saying. We're being tra- transformed into the same image, the same image of what? The glory of Jesus Christ. And how are we doing that? Look, it says we're going from glory to glory. We're improving. We're getting better. Our status is changing. We're moving from this to that. How? 
just as by the Spirit of God. Amen? And this scripture is not new to us. I've been repeating this over and over for many weeks, right? So, so watch, my brothers and sisters, and remember this. This is another scripture that has been repeated. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. See, this transformation, this moving from glory to glory by the Spirit has to be something that, listen, in our heart, it's not just how we think, that's part of it, but in our heart, we have to be transformed. Those things that, were, that we really prized, those things that we meditated on, those things that had our focus and our attention, that has to change. Listen, we also know that it says, um, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. Philippians. Remember, we, we studied Philippians together, and those of us on Wednesday talked about this scripture. I'm just going to go there. It won't be on the board. Just listen to me. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. So, so, so now, translation. Um, Dade City uh, vernacular. Listen, that mind that Jesus had, right? That attitude that he had, what was in his heart, what he believed, what he, had, what he trusted in, what he adhered to, amen? Even though he, didn't, he was God, but he didn't cling to his status as being the Godhead. Instead, he made himself a little lower. He came in as a man. He became lower than angels and became man like us so that then he could be obedient to the will of God. And it said that he was obedient, even, even so obedient that he died for it. And not just died any death. He died one of the most horrific deaths that you could die at that time. Yes. Right? He was tortured and crucified. So what is it saying? It's saying, listen, we are to humble. He made himself humble. Humble and obedient to the will of God. So what is that telling me and you about this transformation that has to take place in our minds? We have to be obedient. We have to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves before God and understand that it's not about me, my will, what I feel, what I think. What do I want to achieve? See, and my brothers and sisters, when I start thinking that way, then let's go back to what Paul was saying. I know you're still babies. How do I know that? Well, look at you. Tony vernacular. Look at you. You still envy one another. You still argue and quarrel. You still pick at little things. You're still looking at what your neighbor's doing. You're still looking at what the other person's doing. You're still holding a grudge because, you know, the, the society and the culture tells you you should. I'm telling you one thing. They're telling you something else. Who are you believing? Did Paul say all that? Yeah, kind of. You, are you with me? Come on. So, so, so watch. I know you're still babes. I know you're not mature. How do I know that? Because this is the way you're carrying on. You're still jealous about people, about things. You're still worried about what they're doing in place of you. You're still worried about who she's talking to, who he's talking to, who they're talking to, who's getting treated this way, who's getting treated that way, and all this other stuff. How much money they're making, how much money the other one's making, what they have, what they don't have. Who cares? It's all burning anyway. What did Jesus say? Just to have food and clothing, just have a place. That's it. Good enough. And he said, what, what, what did he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be taken care of. Right? Okay. I, I, I feel like I'm boring you. No, 
<laughs> Hallelujah. So, so then, because now we're studying Corinthians, and then we already studied Philippians, and we've studied James, because James says basically the same thing. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Humble yourselves, verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Because Philippians, it says that when Jesus humbled himself, when he died and he did that, God raised him up. Now he truly, Jesus, Jesus, is now truly, in him is the whole Godhead bodily. Before, he was the Word of God. Amen? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. He was the Word. There was nothing made that wasn't made by him for him. God spoke the Word, and it, brought, it was brought to pass. So now the Word became flesh, and now we see this person of Jesus our cornerstone. Now we see our cornerstone. We model our lives after him. He set the example for us. He set the pattern for us. And what did he do? The first thing he did, first and foremost, he followed the will of God. He was obedient to the point of death. Can you be obedient to the point of death? Yes! The answer is yes! By his spirit. Yes! By His Spirit. If you don't know the truth by the Spirit, it's going to be difficult. But my brothers and sisters, we're moving from glory to glory. If you're a babe, if you're carnal, and you're not able to take the meat of the Word, if you're not able to experience things by the Spirit, no, you're not going to be able to be obedient unto the death. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to crucify your own flesh. Just by definition of what that says, you're a carnal Christian. That means you're not crucifying your flesh. Am I talking to anybody besides me today? Hallelujah. And look, at here's what the bottom line is. The bottom line isn't to point to you and say, oh, you're sinful. Oh, yeah, 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 you're such babies. You know, you're not. No, the point is, listen, I want Holy Spirit. I want the presence of God in this house, in that house, in those tabernacles, in those, so you're, you can, so that you really, we could say it with our mouths and you've heard it me say it and you've preached it and said it yourself. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Are you living like a conqueror now? Come on. And I'm like, listen, this is not saying, yo, you're messing up. No. Listen, do you always feel like you're living like more than a conqueror through him who loved you? No, of course not. How, why? Because we're experiencing all of these batterings, all of these things. We're living in a world that doesn't love us, that hates us. We're living in this world that is so counter to what Jesus has taught us, how we should live. So yeah, I mean, it's just, just by living a Christian life, you're always at enmity with somebody or something. Isn't that right? Amen? Not to mention there's a devil who, who seeks to devour you. He wants to devour you. So my brothers and sisters, I want us to have the Holy Spirit of God in those temples, in this temple, in this house, so that when we go out there, we know that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. So when that next challenge comes, we're ready for it. And listen, if we need to be bolstered up, I know who I'm going to call. Hey, Catherine, hey, I'm gonna, I can't wait to get there on Wednesday night. I'm going to have some people that will pray with me that will link up. Just the other day, I had a brother show up. We prayed together. Man, the other day, man, I was... Had, I was getting, it was tense, babe. Steve, take a ride with me. Used to be Eddie. Take a ride with me. Vent, okay, we're talking about the word. By the time me and him stopped talking about the word, I, well, number one, I didn't want to stop talking about the word. Number two, totally different. Atmosphere totally changed. Yes. Atmosphere totally changed. My, my, who I, what, what I was feeling, come on, the stress that I was feeling in that moment, gone 
Why? Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I just had to have that word stirred up in me. I had to speak the word. And listen, again, not the power of positive confession. I wasn't even talking about stress. I'm talking about just talking about God's word. I'm just meditating on the truths of my Lord Jesus Christ. And everything changed. The whole atmosphere changed. Hallelujah. And I'm not special. Well, she'll say I am. I'm not special. She might say, no. I'm not special. That's the way he operates for all of us. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I, I got to be honest with you. Just even this morning, when I have a brother who very, not just respected by me, but respected by many, has a huge church, is, is t texting me. And, and, hey, praying for you and your congregation this morning. and pray. So I'm lifted up. You know, s something happens. Something changes. That's what we're called to do for one another. Amen. You know what? You're having a problem. You're, you're not, it's, it, man, you're just going to have a bad day. The devil's going to beat you about the head and shoulders. Especially when you leave. Listen, when you leave this service today, and you, and you listen, when you pray a prayer at the end of the service, God, I want that. Or God, I want to be better. I want to go from glory to glory. The enemy of your soul is going to do everything in your own flesh. It's going to rise up against you to test it. And the enemy doesn't want you to be more than a conqueror. So the enemy's going to do everything he can. The kids are going to act a fool. The, the ex is going to act a fool. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. You know, the doctor might give me a bad report. Listen, when that happens, don't start to doubt and waver. Start talking the word of God that you know that you have in your heart. And listen, call somebody. Call somebody. Call somebody who is born again. Someone who knows the word of God. Someone who trusts Jesus. Well, how am I going to know that? Discernment. <laughs> Fruit. Right? So we go back to that. That's awesome stuff. So now remember, I said we were going to come back to Hebrews, right? Hebrews chapter 5, 13. For everyone who partakes of milk only is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe or a carnal Christian. Amen? Isn't that what Corinthians said, right? But solid food belongs to those who are full age or mature. That means you don't have to be as old as Pastor Tony before that happens. There are a lot of younger people who have just as much not being as old as me. Mature. Maturity in the word. Understanding what the word is. Walking with God. Amen? Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Did, did you see that? So, so see what's coupled here? What's coupled? What's coupled is you start to mature when you hear the word and you start doing it. What would what, you say, Terry? Amen. Amen. <laughs> see that? Somebody heard it. See, do you hear that? You start maturing in the Lord, not when you just repeat what you've heard, but when you start living what you heard. That's what this is saying. So now look, this is also, you exercise your senses. I'm going to admit to you, I, I'm, I'm going to speak off of my heart right now. Listen, this is, I'm going, to, I'm going to deny my flesh. I'm going to exercise my senses toward what I'm hearing, the word of God. I'm going to exercise all that I am. My natural man is now going to be, listen, submitted to the spirit, Holy Spirit. And now I have something to submit to. What do you mean, Tony? Well, I know what the Word says. And it's not just going to be about, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. No. Just do something. 
Just do something. How many young people, well, there's not many in here, but the young people, I used to always say, do the do-dos and the don't-dos will take care of themselves. Just do the do-dos. And I used to crack everybody up. Do the do-dos. And you don't have to worry about the don't-dos. But now here's, I'm, I'm going to tell you this when I was ministering or studying this this morning and meditating. This is what, we're worried about or we're, we're concerned about doing the right do-do. Right? What's the right thing to do? Well, we know some of the right things to do. Amen? Okay, so Paul has already said some of those things. And then if you look at Galatians, if those fruits are being produced in our life. So, so right now, listen, if you're a young person, whether you're in this room or, and you have a relationship with somebody who you're not married to and you're having sex with them, that's a don't do. It's fornication. So now, right there, I probably just click. I could hear the computers turning off right there. Right? But that, that's, that's true. It, it's, it, it's what it says. So now, listen, if you're married... If you're married and you're flirting with that male or female at the office and you may have not committed the act yet, because let's go, let's, let's just tell it like it is. If you committed the act, adultery, listen, you're a babe. You're a carnal Christian. But if now, if you're flirting with somebody and there's starting to be something that you're lingering in, you're a babe. You're a carnal Christian. Male or female. Come on. It's pretty quiet. See, my brothers and sisters, these are the things that, my, that we need to understand, that we need to know. And these are the things that our kids not need to hear, need to see. Did you hear what I just said? They need to see. Not just hear. We've heard this all our lives. You know, there are a lot of pe preachers that could stand up in here, don't do this, don't smoke, don't drink, don't do pop, pop, beep, boop, boop. But then our young people go out there and they see a whole different thing happening on not a Wednesday or a Sunday, but on Friday or Saturday. Man, there's a little bit of... Don't lie, but then we hear somebody tell the spouse, hey, tell them I'm not home. Oh my gosh. Am I talking to the wall back there? No, no, no. Listen, I'm not trying to be silly. I'm, I'm, see, that's what our kids... We, listen, we tell our children don't do these things. But then we turn around and we compromise with these things. Is there any wonder why Holy Spirit's not moving? We're babes. When we, when we suffer and we... Listen, when we hear when somebody does well or someone this or, you know, we just... And we say, we speak something negative about somebody just because they did better than us or they made us mad. Go back to the scripture. Go back and look at Galatians, that chapter, chapter 5. Look at what he says that the fruits of the flesh are. Right? Look at what Paul said in that scripture where we were. There's envyings, there's these divisions, there's these quarrels among you. You know? And then look what James says. You know, where do wars start? And he's not talking about, you know, the Russians and the Chinese against Americans. He's talking about the quarrels, that the problems that we have amongst each other. Why do you have these wars among you? Well, how do they start? Right? Right? Come on. It has everything to do with our flesh. And if we're totally operating in our flesh, we're carnal Christians. If we're carnal Christians, we're operating in the flesh. In the flesh, we can't please God. We cannot receive the things of God. We can't discern the things of God. So we can name it and claim it until we're blue, red, purple, yellow in the face. It's not going to make a difference. Why? We're not spiritual. Are you there? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm passionate about this because I want us to be able to get on our knees. I want us to be able to maybe stand in a circle, join hands, pray for our children and our grandchildren. Pray for each other 
and know that, listen, that that prayer is being effective, that God is hearing us because we are spiritual and we are temples of the Most High King. We are temples of God. And then when we pray these things, we're praying like James says, you have not because you ask not. And then when you ask, you're asking for the wrong thing. You're asking for something that you want versus what's according to the will of God. You're asking for something that's going to set your heart on fire, that's going to flutter you, and that speaks to what's important to you. What are you praying so hard for? What are you getting down on your knees for? What are you, what are you wishing for? Let me say it that way. Because my brothers and sisters, if, it's not, if you haven't put the flesh to death, that's all that is. Click your heels and say there's no place like home. See what happens. You'll get the same result. I'm not trying to be silly here. I'm trying to speak the word of truth. The word of truth says, listen, when you're a carnal Christian, James, that person is praying for something that they can consume according to their own lust. Don't let that person ain't never going to get anything. Come on. Come on. Or we, how about this? It says pray and don't doubt. I'm praying, but I'm not real sure. Don't pray. Why? That, that sounds so weird. Well, because I'm praying to the one who, listen, who we just all confessed, or most of us confessed, there's nothing impossible with him. And I know that I know that I know. So no matter how bad it looks, or no matter what, if I'm praying according to his will, I'm praying for what he wants. Right? Delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 37. He'll give you the desires of your heart. The first step is delight yourself in the Lord. Chase God. Make him be the one that makes you happy. Let him be the one that is turning you on. Let him be the center of all that you want, all that you want to be, all that you're aspiring to. Let him be the one that's the most important. And when you do that, he says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, now I'm going to follow him because I want a million dollars because if I delight myself in the Lord, I'm going to get a million dollars. Isn't that silly? No, 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 come on. Tell the truth. Isn't that silly? But isn't that the way a lot of people think? It absolutely is. My brothers and my sisters, now that's not what that even means. That's not what that even means. Here's here. I know that I know that I know. When I'm delighting myself in the Lord and when I ask, I'm not asking amiss, according to James. I'm not asking amiss. Why? I'm delighting myself in the Lord. I'm a spiritual being. I'll, I'm mature. I've got the word of God in me and I've got the spirit in me. I'm following after the Lord. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. Not the things of this world. Not even who likes me and who don't like me. Not even who's friends with me, who wants to like me on Facebook, who wants to be watch, watch all my tic-tac-toe videos, whatever the case may be. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even care about that. I don't even care about it. All I care about is Jesus. 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 I, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. That means when his word is going to make me happy. I hunger and thirst for righteousness. I hunger and thirst for Jesus. And guess what? So now listen. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. See? that? No. Now I'm delighted in the Lord. So now when I go to him, I'm spiritual. So now when I'm praying for something, I'm asking those things that have been spiritually manifested in me. Now I'm asking for I'm asking things according to his will. Now what my flesh does look what my flesh thinks or seems really right to my flesh, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof leads unto his destruction. Says that twice in Proverbs, right? So what seems right to me, what is good in my intellect, what's good Oh God help me. I'm so, I can't, I can't stop. I gotta stop. Listen, what seems right to me isn't right always. Right? Yep. 
But if I'm delighting myself in the Lord, he says he'll give me the desires of my heart because all of a sudden, James, all of a sudden, Psalms, now I'm asking according to his will. I'm with him. I'm in the spirit. And now I'm asking those things that he's going to give in the spirit because it's about the spirit. Amen? There was a couple of things. But see, for us, it has to be big and grandiose and it doesn't. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to make an impact. I got to see because we're thinking about impressing people, right? So if I'm going to do this for the Lord, I've got to preach. I got to get in the pulpit. I got to figure out how I can get Tony's job. No. And there were two things that were brought to me this morning that I was reminded of this morning. Um, uh, remember when uh, uh, they were, Jesus was preaching. Just, you know, and, and there, there's all of these people. And Jesus looks out upon him. This is, I got a note here. It's John chapter six. Jesus getting ready to, you know, and he, so he sees all these people. He said, man, you know, hey, we got to feed these people. And it's, hey, how are we going to feed this many people? And so one, one of the, his disciples says, hey, there's a, a boy here that has two fishes and five loaves. Two fishes and five loaves. And what's that among all of these thousands of people? Jesus says, bring it. Bring it. So now I'm touched by this. Why? Obviously, Jesus performs a mighty miracle. Yes. Now, Jesus could have looked at a rock and turned it into bread. Yes. He could have took anything else over there. But you know what he did? He took what a little boy had. And he added his blessing to it. Jesus. And it became huge, didn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think my brothers and sisters in the spirit, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. Don't worry about how big it looks, how it might look to other people. Bring it. Let me add my blessing to it. We'll, we'll make it big. Hallelujah. One last one. I love this one too. Remember, Jesus was, he already had appeared to the disciples. He already had appeared and he had that conversation with Peter, but he was still on the earth for, for, for 40 days. And so there went that time period where they didn't see him anymore, but he was still on the earth. And so remember, Peter said, I'm going fishing. Mm. Right? So the Bachigaloop Fishing Company reformed and they went out back and they started fishing. The Bachigaloop Brother Fishing Company. That's right. So now they're fishing and they're not doing anything, but now there's somebody on the beach. Children! You have anything to eat? Have you any meat? No. Hadn't caught anything. Throw it on the other side. Remember what happened when they did that? The net was so heavy, filled with fish. And the Apostle John says, that's the Lord. So Peter, being Peter, throws off his clothes and jumps in that water. He was about a couple hundred yards out and he swam in. When they all get in there, Jesus has a fire going. He has some fish that he's already, and some bread. Now he says, give me the fish you caught. We're going to eat. He already had fish. He already had bread. Give me what you have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give me what you have. Let me add my blessing to it. And we're going to make something big. Hallelujah. Does anybody get that? Stand with me, please. <laughs>